You're listening to the Engaged Club podcast, where we believe that engagement of members, staff, and managers is the key to a thriving club. Our aim is to help you become a better club manager by giving you practical, actionable club management and marketing advice. I'm Roger Kincaid. I'm the marketing director at Off Course Golf. We make member and customer engagement tools for club managers that make growth and prosperity their business. You can find out more about what we do at offcourse.golf. And I'm Jim Hope. I've been managing clubs and working in the hospitality business for nearly 40 years. I now proudly serve the members of the Derrick Golf and Winter Club in Edmonton, Alberta as their GM and COO. Jim, I've got a neat idea to talk about on this episode of the Engaged Club. Um, and it has to do with, you know, turning the waste at your club into a product that people actually pay money for. I'm anxious to uh, dive into this, Roger. What I'm really going for here, Jim, is for those club managers that are looking for a way to find, you know, a new source of revenue or they're trying to figure out, you know, um, what they can do with some of their their downtime, if you will, right? So they know they've got this resource, just need to understand how to package it up. So if you're a club manager who's looking for a, an additional source of revenue, maybe just a little gravy on top of the potatoes, I think this episode's gonna help. I like gravy on top of my potatoes, Roger, by the way. Um, the Engage Club podcast is supported by the Canadian Society of Club Managers. Roger, let's get into this. So here's the story that uh, that I want to put in your mind. Okay, I want you to think about like a candy bar factory, right? With all these, you know, Mars bars or, you know, Snickers bars, whatever one's your favorite, rolling down an assembly line, down a conveyor belt. And occasionally, you know, one of them breaks, right? And it's no longer a chocolate bar. It's now in two pieces and it it can't be put into a package and sold on the shelf. Or maybe it, you know, falls off the, the conveyor belt and it crumbles into a bunch of pieces, right? And this is like, we call this waste, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's exactly what you'd cost it. Or, you know, uh, a staff meal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both want this job now. Um, so, but what we've seen, Jim, if you're an astute grocery shopper, you'll see uh, in the candy aisle, like the bag hanging on the rack. And it's the same brand as that candy bar. It's the Mars bar or something, but it's like Mars bar bites, right? Yeah. So just like small, smaller pieces of the bigger candy bar. And so all they've done, Jim, is they've taken all of this waste and they've just they've just rolled with the punches, right? They just cut it up into smaller pieces. Somebody in a in a corner office somewhere said, "Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we put them in a Ziploc and call them Mars bars bites?" Right? And then if essentially they just turned all the garbage or all those staff meals, they turned all that waste into another product that they could actually sell, and all of a sudden their bottom line got inflated. Yeah, good idea, right? Because um, at the end of the day, you want to try and maximize. Uh, that product or whatever product is you're selling and have as little waste as possible. So brilliant idea. Um, let's see if we can figure out how to apply this to the club business. Now, um, one idea that comes to my mind here is that if you've got 18 holes of golf and you're setting people off at seven in the morning and you're setting them off every nine minutes, right? It's going to take maybe, oh, help me out here, Jim, you're the club manager, about two hours for those golfers to get to the turn, right? Yep. Great. So it, Hopefully an hour of 45 for the first group, but that's two hours is, is a nice number to use. Okay. Well, let's go with two hours just for the sake of argument then. So until about nine o'clock, we're going to have an open back nine. And we've certainly got a great kitchen that's probably not going to be serving up a whole lot of bacon and eggs to these early morning golfers that are just heading to the course to, to catch their you know sunrise tea time. So, uh, But they might be serving them breakfast afterwards, right? Or lunch afterwards. Well, why don't we do this? We've got the staff in place. We've got an open back nine. Why don't we just create like a $40 special 
where we're going to buy you breakfast and you're going to play the back nine. And it's only eligible to golfers uh, to, to tee off between 7 and 8.30 in the morning. Yep. You'll, you'll need to get your superintendent on board with that. <laughs> well, I was I was wondering who was going to say it, you or me. No kidding. We're going to have a problem where uh, we've got the, the grounds crew and the turf crew out there cutting that back nine. So maybe I'll modify this a little bit, Jim. Like I said, you're the club manager. You pointed out the problem. Let's do this with our 27-hole uh, operation, right? And let's just find a way that we can take the downtime. Let's just find a way that we can take idle staff or idle resources and productize them, right? Now, look, Jim, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. This idea to have like sort of a back nine breakfast special, it might not work for every single golf course, but there are some clubs out there that it will work for. And you can even modify your tee sheet somewhat to have those, uh, to have an hour's worth of golfers go off on number seven, for example, and play a 10, 11, and, uh, you know, and play 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 is their nine, whatever the case may be. There's some creativity and some disruption to be had here to find idle resources around your club that you can turn into a product offering. That, 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 that's fair. And, you know, I think with a little creativity by the superintendent as well, you probably are able to open up some of those times for early morning nine hole play. Exactly. So here's another example of it, right? Um, let's say that you've got some pro shop, um, you know, inventory that's just not moving. And so you've got some shoes, you got some shirts, you got some hats, whatever the case may be. Um, and we're getting late in the season here. And, you know, we're about to have our, you know, year end sale where it's please take these off our hands. That's how you might be feeling from an inventory perspective. But I'll tell you something, you know, if we were to bundle all of these things up into boxes and then gift wrap them and say, uh, hey, you know, how about uh, you buy this, you know, a gift box for the golfer in your family? Uh, every box comes with, you know, sleeve of golf balls, uh, socks, shirt, belt, like whatever the case may be, whatever inventory you're trying to move. Or you can even make it a surprise. You don't tell people what's in the box. You just let them know that it's got a retail value of, you know, X and you're selling it for Y. We're taking product that we were otherwise having great difficulty selling, repurposing it and reimagining it for your, uh, for your clientele. Sure. And there's, you know, uh, we had friends who played down in Phoenix and it was uh, one of the high end daily fee golf courses. And it was the end of the season when most places were starting to discount their green fee. Um, and we've had lots of conversations about discounting. And I know we certainly know your opinion on that, Roger, and it's well justified. So what they did was charge the full green fee, but they gave you something out of the pro shop. Because as you said, they had inventory they wanted to get rid of. And so every time you played, you paid a hundred and a half to play instead of 75 bucks. Well, you walked out of there with a pair of shoes or a shirt or a shirt and a hat. Um, so they got rid of inventory. They got full retail for their green fees. So they weren't discounting their brand. Um, and you as, a, as, a, as the golfer got something um, outside of the green fee. Right. So the, the moral of the story is that these ideas that are not necessarily guaranteed to you know work for everybody, right? I mean, out of the box, this is going to work well for one course, but it's not going to work at all for another course. But the point is, is that if you've got some idle resources or you've got some inventory laying around, it just takes a little bit of imagination, a little creativity and a little disruption to figure out how you can productize those to put a little gravy on top of your mashed potatoes. That's awesome, uh, Roger. And isn't it, doesn't it sort of fall into what Frank talked about in the second part with Innovate or Die? Um, uh, you know, you just got to get creative and you got to innovate a little bit if you're going to be successful in today's market. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, if you've got some ideas about stuff that you've tried at your club, uh, stuff that's working that you've seen in the industry, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email, hello at engagedclub.com. We really hope this episode is a big help to you. If you know somebody else that could benefit from this episode, please share it and let's grow together.
Yeah, the archive of this podcast is available at engagedclub.com, where you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our Slack space for more discussion. And of course, we'd always like to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, comments, anything you have to say via email at hello at engagedclub.com. Thanks for listening.